The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Last week, I started a line of stories about unsolved mysteries from each and every state. If you were paying close attention, I skipped Hawaii, and that was intentional. The story that I was going to tell is still a very sensitive subject for some folks in Hawaii, and I wasn't going to cause problems for the sake of the show. So, with that being said, let's move on in to the rest of the country, okay? We left off with Louisiana and the story of Marie Laveau. We're going to go up northeast, far northeast to Maine. What happened to Sarah Ware? In 1898, the brutally beaten body of 52-year-old Sarah Ware was discovered in a wooded area of Bucksport. She had been missing for two weeks. Her killer is believed to have been a neighbor, but when the bloodstained hammer, believed to be the murder weapon, disappeared, the neighbor was acquitted. The case still haunts the town to this day, not just because the case was never solved, but also because the circumstances of her burial are so strange. Her head and her body are buried separately with no gravestone. Let's go down the coast to Maryland, a house of horrors. In 2017, a Bethesda house fire revealed a disturbing find, the body of a man in the basement. Further investigation revealed a mysterious network of tunnels below the foundation of the house that extended all the way to the street. The house owner, one Daniel Beckwith, has since been charged with the death of Askia Kafra, the body in the basement. Investigators allege that Beckwith hired Kafra to dig the tunnels, but put him in danger due to the unsafe work environment. But the purpose of the tunnels and Beckwith's motives remain a mystery. Massachusetts, the black flash of Provincetown. 
From 1939 to 1945, the people of Provincetown were terrorized by a being they called the Black Flash. The figure first appeared to a group of children, tall, dressed in black, and growling ominously. In 1945, a group of policemen actually reported seeing the figure leap a 10-foot fence. About a month later, a man threw boiling water at the figure, sending it screaming into the night. It was never seen again. Now, this reminds me of stories that I've read about Spring Hill Jack, and I think Spring Hill Jack was in England. But it's very similar as far as dress and and the way it acted. The fact that it jumped over a 10-foot fence. Anyway, that's an interesting connection there. Michigan. What exactly is the Paulding light? In 1966, a group of teens reported having seen a mysterious light above a valley in Paulding. Scientific explanations such as swamp gas have been rejected in favor of the more popular paranormal theory that the light is from the lantern belonging to what else, a local railroadman who was killed while attempting to stop an oncoming train. Michigan Tech students believe that it's a phenomenon created by headlights from a nearby road, but the mystery remains officially unsolved. Minnesota, the frozen girl, defrosted. In 1981, Jean Hillard's car went off the road near Langby, and the next day, her frozen body was discovered, her eyes wide open, her flesh frozen so solid that doctors couldn't pierce it with a hypodermic needle. Her body temperature was too low to register on a thermometer, but when Hillard thawed out, she was very much alive and made a full recovery. Let's go down to Mississippi. I can make fun of that because my family came through Mississippi also. So, don't take offense. The Phantom Barber of Pascagoula. In 1942, Pascagoula was plagued by a series of peculiar home invasions. The intruder took locks of hair from each of the people whose homes he broke into, according to Southern Living magazine. Although one man became a suspect, he was never formally charged and passed a lie detector test. No one has ever figured out who the Phantom Barber really was or why he did what he did. That's just a little odd. Okay. At least he wasn't violent. Our next story is from Missouri, and it's really odd, strange, sad altogether. How Robert Rayford contracted AIDS. In 1969, several years before the HIV bug was identified, 16-year-old Robert Rayford was hospitalized in St. Louis for extreme unintended weight loss and a host of infections. The doctors had no answers and Rayford died. A few years later, HIV, the virus that causes AIDS, was discovered in this country and subsequently medical testing of Rayford's blood revealed that he had the virus. Somehow Rayford, who had never been out of the country and never had a transfusion, had died of AIDS nearly a decade before it was discovered. The state of Montana. I love the state of Montana. I visited there once 
and it was beautiful. In Montana, we have the Vortex and the House of Mystery. Just 13 miles from Glacier National Park, you can pass through a portal in which the laws of nature are set aside. A gravitational anomaly forces trees to grow sideways and makes people appear as much as six inches shorter. A shack in the vortex called the House of Mystery is the home to bizarre phenomenon. A marble rolled on an incline will travel upward and a rope hanging from the ceiling falls in a curve. I don't know how to take those kinds of places because we have one not far from here similar to that. Maybe not as extreme, but it's the way the building is built. Floors are built on a slant. Walls are built on a slant. Uh, things are different from what they appear to be. Uh, the look of them is maybe this thing rolls downhill, but it rolls uphill actually. So I'm not sure what to think about the houses of mystery type of thing. They're very interesting. Uh, they can really mess with your mind if you're if you're not real aware of what's going on. But if you're in Montana and you know where that is, you might want to visit and see what you think. Nebraska, the Lucky 15. On March 1st, 1950, the 15 members of the Beatrice's Westside Baptist Church Choir were supposed to meet for practice. All of the 15 were known for their timeliness, but on this day, they all were running late, every single one of them. The reasons varied, but not a single one was present when a natural gas leak caused the complete destruction of the church. Even the site Snopes can't discount the mystery here. Why and how were every single one of the 15 spared a grisly death in the explosion? In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, maybe the hand of Providence. What do you think? Now we go down to Nevada. Very well-known case here. Who murdered Tupac Shakur? In 1996, hip-hop star Tupac was killed in Las Vegas during a drive-by shooting. The story begins with a failed attempt on his life two years earlier, according to history, which Shakur blamed on producer Sean Puff Daddy Combs and rival rapper Christopher Wallace, known as Notorious B.I.G. Wallace was murdered six months later in Los Angeles. 
No arrests have been made in either case. It's sad when things like that happen to anybody. I'm not a fan of rap music, but that's not a way for anybody to go. Let's go back across to the East Coast, to New Hampshire, and the disappearance of Rachel Garden. In 1980, 15-year-old Rachel Garden bought a pack of cigarettes at a market in Newton and was never seen again. The friend whom Rachel told her family she was going to be spending the night with denied having plans with Rachel that night. A witness claimed to have seen Rachel talking to three young men outside the market, but none were ever charged. In fact, no one has ever been charged, and there are no suspects. Nearly 40 years later, the case appears to be hopelessly cold. Here's an interesting one. New Jersey, the Phantom Sniper. In 1927, Camden was terrorized by what's been described as a phantom or ghost sniper. Bus and car windows were shattered, and even a policeman was struck, but no bullets or casings were ever found, and no one ever saw an actual sniper. One witness reported hearing a man's laughter, but no one else saw or heard a thing. The attack suddenly stopped in 1928. To this day, no one knows why they began or what they really were. Let's go back out to New Mexico. What was really going on in Roswell? If you have been anywhere in the United States in the last 50 years, you know this story. You should be familiar with it. You should have at least heard of it. It all started in the summer of 1947 when a Roswell rancher found mysterious debris in his sheep pasture. The Air Force claimed the debris belonged to a crashed weather balloon, but the citizens of Roswell didn't buy it. They believed it came from a UFO. Fifty years later, the military revealed that the debris came from a top-secret atomic project, so it probably wasn't a UFO. But what was it, and why has the U.S. government come up with at least two different stories about it? I know that the Roswell incident is one of the main guiding forces behind the UFO believers, supporters, whatever you want to call them. And, hey, I believe in UFOs. I'm just not real sure about aliens. New York, New York. Who was the leather man? Now, this sounds kind of ominous, but it's not really that bad. During the second half of the 1800s, a leather-clad hermit wandered around Westchester and Putnam counties, never speaking, and unlike other wanderers of that period, not looking for work. He was, however, happy to accept a meal and returned once a year, on the same day, to the homes that were generous to him. He was known to sleep in caves. His body was discovered in 1889 in a cave on the Dell family farm in Briarcliff. No one is sure who he was or why he wandered. It's sad when people go so far off the grid that nobody knows who they are, nobody knows their story, so there's nobody to claim them, there's nobody to contact, and to me that's, that's just one of the saddest things of all. Let's go to North Carolina. In North Carolina they have the shadow of the bear. Going bear hunting has its own unique meaning in cashiers. During the autumn months, when the sun is shining, the shadow of a bear is visible on Whiteside Mountain just before sunset. 
Romantic Asheville suggests that you shoot this unexplained phenomenon with your camera. That would be interesting. I wonder if they've figured out what causes it. Like the firefall in whatever park that is. And I'm sorry I'm so oblivious to things right now. Uh, firefall is something that happens a few times a year at a certain time when the sun is at the right angle to light this waterfall up like it's fire or lava. It's beautiful. Let's go up to North Dakota. We have the mystery of Eugene Butler's crawl space. Niagara, which is about 40 miles west of Grand Forks, was founded in 1882 and has never been a big town. In fact, today it has less than 100 residents. But back in the early 1900s, there were at least six more people there than anyone knew about at the time. In 1915, the bodies of six people who had been bludgeoned to death were discovered in the crawl space of a house that had once belonged to the reclusive Eugene Butler. He died in 1911, several years after being committed to a mental hospital. The identities of the six remain a mystery. Ohio. This is a story I've heard about before. It's very weird. The Circleville Letters. In 1976, residents of Circleville began receiving harassing letters, taunting and threatening them with tidbits about their personal lives. After the murder of one resident and the attempted murder of another, police arrested Paul Freshour, but while he was in prison, the letters continued. Six months after Freshour's release, television's Unsolved Mysteries aired a segment only to receive its own short letter, and it said, Forget Circleville, Ohio. If you come to Ohio, you El Sickos will pay. The Circleville writer. The identity of the letter writer remains unknown. And just what kind of person would do something like that? It's just somebody who likes to stir mess up. When I was a child, we called them gossips. Let's go to Oklahoma for the Jameson family. In 2014, Bobby and Sherilyn Jameson drove out to look at a property in Red Oak that they were interested in purchasing. Their truck was discovered days later, along with their wallets, IDs, phones, $32,000 in cash, and their dog. Their remains, along with their young daughters, were discovered by hunters a month later. No cause of death could be determined, and no one knows what happened to them, although theories abound, including that the family faked their deaths and joined the witness protection program, and the family's supposed involvement with cults and or witchcraft. Here's one that would drive me up a wall, probably both ways, mentally and physically. In Oregon, we have the mysterious shrieks of Forest Grove. The small town of Forest Grove is generally a quiet town but in 2016, the quiet was shattered by reports of an otherworldly shrieking sound that seemed to emanate from nowhere and everywhere all at the same time. Some managed to record the screeching sound, which has been described as being like that of a train 
careening wildly on metal tracks. Except there's no train nearby. The shrieks ceased soon after, and no one has ever been able to figure out what caused them or where they might have been coming from. In Pennsylvania, we have the boy in the box. In 1957, the body of a young boy was discovered in a cardboard box in the woods outside Philadelphia. Authorities failed to identify him and no one came forward looking for a boy that fit his description. The crime scene yielded no clues, but in 1960, a psychic led the police to a foster home where the boy might have lived. But a definitive connection between the boy and the foster home couldn't be made and the case remains cold all these years later. Rhode Island. Where is Adam Emery? In 1993, Adam Emery disappeared just hours after being convicted of murdering 20-year-old Jason Bass in a road rage incident. Emery was out on bail pending formal sentencing. Police found his car abandoned on Newport Bridge. Less than a year later, his wife's remains were found in Narragansett Bay. Some believe Adam and his wife jumped to their deaths from that bridge, but the FBI still considers Emery one of America's most wanted criminals. South Carolina, here's a story that I've talked about in part before. The Lizard Man. Starting in the summer of 1988, Browntown residents began seeing what's now referred to as the Lizard Man, a seven foot tall creature with red eyes and incredible superhuman strength. The first sighting involved a car being mauled by the creature to this day, the mystery hasn't been solved, quoting the Smithsonian, and there have been sightings as recently as 2015. Can you imagine seeing that thing from that one Star Trek episode where Kirk fought the lizard walking down the street in your neighborhood? Let's go back out to South Dakota. The strange fate of Tom Coiter. In 1994, Tina Marcotti called a friend to say she had a flat tire, but that her co-worker, Tom Coiter, was going to help her out. Tina was never seen or heard from again, and when Tom was questioned by police, he disputed that he had been in touch with Tina on that day. The next day, Tom was found dead. He'd been run over by his own forklift. Was it an accident? Suicide? Homicide? And what happened to Tina Marcotti? In Tennessee, the Craig Miles Mausoleum. In 1871, Nina Craig Miles was killed at the age of seven when the buggy she was riding in was hit by a train. Her family had a mausoleum built for her and future deceased members of the Craig Miles family, a fine white Italian marble. Shortly after Nina was placed there, red streaks and splotches began to appear in the marble. Efforts to clean the marble failed, and each time a family member's body was placed in the mausoleum, more red stains appeared. There is no scientific explanation for the stains. Some believe they are Nina's tears. My home state of Texas is where this next story comes from. You've been watching the TV news when suddenly, or watching TV when suddenly an amber alert comes on about a kidnapped or missing child. This is what started that, the girl behind the amber alerts. Amber Hagerman was a nine-year-old Arlington Girl Scout 
when she was kidnapped while riding her bike on January 13, 1996. A witness quickly told the police he'd seen a girl being forced into a black van. But despite a massive search, Amber was never seen alive again. Her body was found five days later, about four miles from where she had been taken. Her killer has never been found, but her abduction led to the invention of Amber Alerts. Let's go to Utah with Jean Baptiste's Great Escape. Jean Baptiste was a notorious grave robber in Utah, and when his grave pillaging came to light in the late 1800s, Baptiste was banished to a remote island in the Great Salt Lake, and that was the equivalent of solitary confinement. Three weeks later, though, he was gone. What little evidence authorities could find indicated that he might have built a raft in order to escape, but he was never seen or heard from again. I'm again back up into the northeast to Vermont, and some of you know about this story because you've mentioned it before. The Bennington Triangle. The Bennington Triangle refers to an area of Vermont surrounding Glastonbury Mountain where several people have disappeared without a trace. They include a trail guide who vanished in 1945 while leading a hunting party, a college student Paula Jean Weldon who disappeared the following year from a hiking trail, and James Tedford who seemingly vanished from a bus headed for Bennington. Since the disappearances were clustered in the 1940s, there's speculation of a serial killer, but others believe there are paranormal forces at work. In Virginia, the old house woods. In the quaint seaside town of Diggs, Virginia, old house woods was once a popular hiding place for soldiers and pirates, so naturally it's become a hotspot for paranormal activity, including sightings of a ghostly woman and accounts of skeletons dressed in armor wandering the woods. People have reported finding themselves filled with dread while walking in the forest. Horses are known to become spooked for no apparent reason. Even paranormal investigators are creeped out, often unable to continue their investigations. Let's go out to the state of Washington and how Jason Paget became a math genius. In 2002, Jason Paget, a furniture salesman, jock, and self-described partier from Tacoma, was savagely attacked by two men outside a bar, leaving him with a severe concussion. When he recovered, he had acquired the ability to visualize complex mathematical objects and physics concepts intuitively, according to live science. Paget is now one of 15 to 25 cases of so-called acquired savant syndrome, people who have developed abilities after suffering a head injury. In West Virginia, the octopus mystery. Danny Casalaro was a freelance writer who came to Martinsburg, West Virginia in 1991 to meet with the source about a story he codenamed the octopus which involved high-ranking government officials and an international cabal Casalaro was found dead inside his hotel room authorities labeled it a suicide but Casalaro's family believe he was murdered Wisconsin the demon bunk bed in the Tallman house 
1987, the Tallman family brought a second-hand bunk bed to their home in Horicon. For the next nine months, the family was haunted by what appeared to be poltergeists, clock radios turning on by themselves, a paintbrush that dipped itself in paint, and worse, including the children becoming ill, despite no previous health problems and an unexplained fire. The haunting ceased only when the Tallman family destroyed the bunk bed. Uh, then we come to Wyoming. Last story today. Devil's Tower. Various Native American tribes view the Devil's Tower National Monument as a sacred site and have their own origination stories about the massive stone structure. And science fiction fans may recall that the mythology of the structure played an important role in the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Geologically speaking, it's made of volcanic material and is connected in some way to an existing or previously existing volcano. But precisely how it came to exist continues to confound scientists. Well, that's the last story for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this show. I ask you to be with us next week where I've got another state-by-state situation going on. I'm researching now. I thank you for being with us. I hope you have a great week. This is Terry from Texas. Good night. Good night.